Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Show Some Skin podcast. I am your host, Salik Mohammed, And I am Dr. Farhad Riaz. And in this podcast, we will teach you how to get flawless skin, look and feel great, straight from a board-certified dermatologist. We'll cover your skincare options at home and give you an inside scoop of what happens behind the scenes at the doctor's office. Whether you already know a lot or you have no idea where to start with skincare, you're in the right place. So first of all, Farhad, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. For, all, for our listeners that do not know, Farhad has a beautiful daughter. How old is she now? Four? She's four. We just She just had her birthday uh, last weekend. Wow. I think it'll probably be the cool. first birthday that she remembers having. Um, so we went all out. That's amazing. That is amazing. Happy Father's hey, Day to you too. Hey, who knows? You might be a father soon. <laughs> not that I know. <laughs> Well, not anytime soon. At least that's not the plan. One day. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, anyway, hey, where was my invite, man? To, Lina's, to, to invite? Lina's birthday party? Yes, sir. Was where a, was my invite? This was a kids-only event, man. You wouldn't know. Oh, okay. Unless you like, to, unless you like bounce houses and uh, water slides. Hey, to, I, I'll never say no to a water slide, but... Okay. I think I, you, well, I, I hope it was a good one. Did you Did you guys enjoy? Did you guys have a great time? I'm just picturing you now going down the water slide and taking out like three kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a great time. It was a great time. That's good. That's good. And well, how how do you spend your Father's Day? Uh, today we had a bunch of company and we um, we grilled. It was uh, we have so many fam- so much family around, so it was uh, we cooked so much food. We we're just grilling outside. That's amazing. And the weather was nice too today. So, Oh my God, the weather was perfect today. Yeah, it was perfect for Father's Day. I'm sure every father um, from here in the Midwest all the way through the East Coast, I'm sure we all had good weather. Uh, so hopefully that's a lot of fathers that got to enjoy the, the good weather. Although I imagine most fathers were grilling. <laughs> so, you know, doing what? the work as always. <laughs> you know what? We want to wish all the, all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. Um, we really appreciate everything that fathers do. A lot of times it goes unnoticed and fathers are definitely our heroes in society. So great day to start up. Guys, this podcast is going to be your one-stop shop for all your skincare needs. We have a board certified dermatologist who's licensed in the United States. Farhad, uh, is it all 50 states or what states are you licensed in? It's like... It's the majority of the big ones, so it's I think like thirty-five to somewhere above thirty-five states that I'm licensed in. Um, I, I got all my medical licenses during um, the majority of them during the pandemic, uh, so that I could still keep practicing while people who were um, were traveling to other states or living remotely yeah. um, could still get care. So I have I'm licensed in the majority of states. That's amazing. And for how can you tell our viewer, uh, our listeners? Um, how long have you been a dermatologist for now? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, I started my dermatology residency in 2014, and so I've been practicing just dermatology since then. But I finished my residency in 2017, and I became board certified that year. And so I have been a board certified dermatologist since 2017. Well, five years been board certified. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we'll get right into the meat of the podcast. Farhad, so what are we talking about today? Um, you know, what I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, as clinic gets busier uh, is 
procedures for the summer. And I can't tell. It seems like it's busier this year than previous years, and I think that's because... Really? Yeah, because, you know, uh, with restrictions being lifted regarding traveling, people are starting to consider going overseas uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to get tested when you come back into the United States now, and, um, mm-hmm. and that's as of last Sunday. Um, so... You know that's huge news. Canada so also, Canada also, to, uh, past this this past Tuesday, I believe they they no longer require a PCR test for anybody coming into Canada anymore. Right, exactly. So, you know, we're you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't have any any other outbreak and things stay like this. Um, so yeah, that's that's huge, definitely. So yeah, carry on, please. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, so. so between the mix of summer where usually people have more weddings and more events where the people see each other um, and the, mm-hmm. you know, the boom for people traveling internationally now or just traveling in general. Um, yeah. It's, it's already a busy time of year for people requesting aesthetic procedures and yeah. um, you know, there's weddings and uh, just more events during the summer. So, um, you know, aesthetic procedures range in, you know, from, Botox and filler to things like body sculpting, like cool sculpting. Um, yeah. And then all the way up to, to tummy tucks and breast surgery and um, facelifts and rhinoplasties, depending on, you know, the age group and the, you know, the demographic. Um, yeah. So, you know, things like body, so, body contouring, for example, is really popular yeah. for beachgoers and before weddings. Can you, tell, can you tell a little bit for people who may not know what body contouring is and like what that what that is just tell us a little bit about the the procedure is it invasive is it not invasive what you know what are they looking at in terms of cost costs as well uh, all those things I'd really appreciate it if you can tell us a little bit about that yeah of course so um you know body contouring historically was usually we're talking about invasive procedures right like tummy tucks or liposuction yeah. uh-huh. um but now there are non-invasive, and so what non-invasive means is it doesn't necessarily require surgery or a large procedure with downtime. Um, non- uh-huh. Non-invasive is, um, you know, it's just a term that does it doesn't have a, a strict definition that I'm aware of. Yeah. But um, you know, the non-invasive body contouring, I think that most people would consider cool sculpting to be the biggest, you know, the biggest contender in that category. And so cool sculpting is like this device that you, you come into the office, you don't really need a lot of numbing. Um, you don't actually need any numbing. The, the machine kind of numbs you as it goes. And it's this suction thing that hooks up to your, either your love handles or, you know, your abdomen and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it literally freezes the fat and then your body kind of resorbs and destroys that fat as it thaws. And over the course of a few weeks, there aren't needles involved, um, you know, there's not like, you know, the, the biggest side effect people have sometimes is some numbness of the skin. Um, yeah. But there's not like big bruising. There's not like a post-operative period. Um, mm-hmm. So so even so, there's no no downtime at all, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's not really the the area might. It's not going to look completely treated immediately, right? So okay. it's not going to give you super fast results, but. Okay. And and it and the results are a little bit less dramatic than mm-hmm. you know than surgery, but mm-hmm. it comes at at a better price tag in terms of um you know you don't have to go under the knife per se. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a great option for someone who, you know, just wants to get rid of that little bit of extra, you know, quarantine weight they're carrying on to <laughs> that they can't get rid of. 
Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah. Cool. I'm still carrying my quarantine weight. Quarantine's been over for so long, but that's my excuse. Mm. That's still my excuse for for my waist size. I'm still carrying the quarantine weight. Okay, so I, for uh, for hot, can you please like? So you told me that you freeze the fat, but won't your body like if let's say you know you weren't able to uh, you know get rid of the fat for whatever reason, won't your body generate more fat cells and eventually store more fat and reverse basically whatever the procedure, the results of that procedure? Well, yeah, I mean, it's possible to gain, gain weight or gain fat, uh, after any procedure, after liposuction, after a tummy tuck, even, um, it's possible to regain the fat. So it's, you know, it's not going to prevent you from ever gaining weight again. Okay. But, but, you know, your body doesn't make new fat cells. Um, oh. So, you know, if you're destroying fat cells, yes, you can still accumulate more fat, but it will make the other cells that didn't get destroyed, it will just go into those instead of... Okay. So, so you know, or you might gain weight in a different part of your body. You know, if you gain weight again, it might go to your arms or go to your thighs or somewhere different. But, okay. um yeah, it would be a little bit harder to kind of gain weight in that area. Okay, so basically, you won't, you won't, your problematic areas or your stubborn fat that you want to get rid of, you won't see that reappear very quickly. Correct yeah, me if I'm wrong. It'll be a little bit harder to regain that fat in those areas. Okay. Okay. What other what other procedures have you seen an increase in? But you know, like um, I, you mentioned, Botox, fillers. Um, you know, what other procedures are you getting a lot of, uh, in particularly you, uh, like what are you getting more calls for or like more inquiries about? Yeah, of course. So, you know, a dermatologist in general is going to get called for, um, we think, or, or I guess the public perception is that a dermatologist is, um, you know, the right person to give Botox and fillers. And yeah, that's a that's a wide range of things. I mean, that's, um, Botox is, you know, people kind of already know what to expect. Usually it's for wrinkles. Usually it's on the upper face, like the forehead or between the eyes or around the eyes. Um, but filler can be, um, you know, chin augmentation, cheek augmentation, sculpting a jawline, um, a liquid rhinoplasty, which changes the shape of the nose. It's basically like a nose job, a liquid nose job. And then, um, and then lasers too. So lasers are the other the other big category of things that people usually think of their dermatologist when they think about. Um, you know, liposuction is something that we do, and, and dermatologists are actually the pioneers and the people who developed liposuction. But really, uh, oh yeah. But um, I thought it would be plastic surgeons for that. No, wow, actually, I, was, I, I, I did not know it was a dermatologist. It was a okay. dermatologist, yeah. Um, and and most people don't know that. In fact, I was, it's you know, I was in training already as a dermatologist before I learned that. Um, oh. but his name is Jeffrey Klein, Dr. Jeffrey Klein. He's a dermatologist and he invented what's called tumescent liposuction, which is basically the, the form of liposuction that allows you to get it done in clinic and makes it much, much less risky of a procedure. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. so props to him, but you know, that doesn't mean every dermatologist is going to feel comfortable doing it. Um, okay. and so, you know, if, if you went to your dermatologist, chances are they're not going to be someone who offers liposuction. Um, whereas most people would expect a plastic surgeon should be able to. Yeah. Yeah. But you do, you do administer liposuction. Yeah, correct? absolutely. Yep. Hey guys, you, you heard that. If you guys need some liposuction, <laughs> you know, you know who to go to. 
June 21st is yeah, when yeah. summer officially starts, right? So if, if someone's looking to get a rhino, like a full reconstructive rhinoplasty, do you think this is the right time for them if they have a wedding in two weeks to attend? Well, you know, um, everyone has to consider their own circumstances, right? I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, if there are some bigger procedures, bigger surgeries, we're talking about tummy tucks, we're talking about breast surgery, we're talking about um, even liposuction probably, we're talking about nose jobs, the, you know, the surgical nose job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if if you're okay getting the procedures done, done now, um and and still recovering for the majority of you know July it's June right now um, mid June so you know you'll be recovering the rest of June and then July and probably even into August a little bit um, mm-hmm. then yeah I mean if it's the right time for you then it's the right time for example a, a young girl who is finishing high school um, and wants to get a nose job because she's going to college and this is a good transition point for her uh, in terms of mm-hmm. her appearance, then, then yeah, I wouldn't put it off. I'd get it done sooner now. And there's nothing wrong with getting it done in the summer. Um, but you know, for the majority of people who say, you know, I want to look my best in the summer, um, you know, not non-invasive procedures. Again, that's Botox and filler usually going to be the better options for now. Big surgery, yeah. the majority of surgeries are going to take, four weeks at least, you know, to recover from. So yeah. Botox. And you're, chemical are you a hundred percent? Are you a hundred percent after the four weeks or like, is there still more, um, like follow-ups or appointments? You know, and, there'll be follow-ups um, and that, stuff just to make yeah. sure that things go well. In fact, even with a nose job, for example, a surgical nose job, um, you know, things can change over the course of a year, two years, even, you know, things can contract and the scar can kind of change a little bit and the shape of the nose can change a little bit. So it needs a little bit of follow-up. Um, yeah. and you know, scars can change and, and need assessment and someone to look at them to make sure that things are, you know, heading in the right direction. So, um, the bottom line is everyone's different everyone heals differently from surgery, but it would be miraculous to think, for example, that, um, that, you know, you'd have less than four weeks of downtime with, you know, a tummy tuck, for example. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. Now in terms of, uh, getting a liquid rhinoplasty. What's the downtime? What's the downtime of, of that? And can is it possible to get um, like a dramatic, uh, like a dr- dramatic result of change in the shape of the nose? Because when I think about it, right, you're in, injecting filler uh, or injecting filler into the nose to recreate the shape or adjust the shape a little bit. Doctor, can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I have seen that a lot uh, pop up into you know my Instagram. I've seen a lot of Plastic surgeons and dermatologists talk about it. Uh, they call it the five-minute rhinoplasty, some, something like that. And that's how they, you know, they advertise it. So if you can tell our listeners a little bit about that, that'll be amazing. And also, how expensive is getting this versus a surgical rhinoplasty? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, surgical procedures sometimes are better bang for your buck only because, and it just depends on who you're going to go see, only because there's no... First of all, the results are usually more permanent, um, mm-hmm. and there's no disposable thing or product you're paying for, right? With like with filler, you have to pay for the product, so that's already going to be be baked into the cost. And then any you know doctor's time or doctor's procedure or their fee is going to be on top of that. Um, but still, in general, you know, a liquid rhinoplasty might cost a couple thousand dollars. Um, yeah or less. 
uh, a, a full-fledged nose job can can be in the upper, you know, upper, upper single digits, uh, thousands of dollars, or sometimes depending on who you go to, could be low double-digit thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those results don't have, it doesn't have to be repeated. A liquid rhinoplasty would have to be repeated, you know, depending How on often? depending on the filler that's used. It could be every six months, could be every 12 months. Um, oh. You know, it can last a while with newer fillers. Um, and then, and then regarding downtime. So, um, I would say you should expect bruising. Um, and if it doesn't happen, fantastic. But, but bruising is not uncommon with filler. You know, there's a lot of blood vessels in the nose and it's very easy to poke one while you're putting filler in. And so, Uh you know, a bruise can last up to two weeks. So I would say that's your downtime, right? About two weeks. And then, you know, and then at the two week mark, you might go back to see your dermatologist again and they might touch it up. And so then there's another chance that you get a bruise because they added some or changed something. Oh, um, okay. But usually after one touch-up, things are pretty good. Um, sometimes even without a touch-up, things look fantastic. And regarding how dramatic the changes would be, um, you can get some pretty impe- impressive results with a liquid rhinoplasty. Uh, you know, people with, I would say, severe or significant um you know, curvatures or humps to the nose or asymmetries to the nose, things can be corrected yeah. pretty nicely. Um, you know, a tip depression, a nasal tip depression where the, the tip of the nose kind of turns downwards um, can be corrected or can be made to, to look like the nose is more straight or even turns up a little bit at the at the tip, um, which mm-hmm. some people find attractive. So um, you can do a lot with a liquid rhinoplasty. It's actually quite impressive. Okay. Can you also change... The size of the nose, Dr. Riaz. Yeah. I mean, you know, by nature, you're adding something, right? It's a filler. You're not removing something. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, if you can make... Can you create the illusion yes, you, of you, a you smaller can, you nose? Yes, can, you can. You can um, definitely use some tricks to make it look like a nose is less broad or is, has a, you know, is sharper, um you know, and, and less flat, for example, et cetera. So even though the nose, you know, you're adding something, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. to know, uh, you know, you might feel like I have this terrible hump in my nose, um, but adding some at the root of the nose actually makes it look completely straight and look great. So, um, okay. so you can definitely change the shape of the nose and, and give the appearance that it's smaller. Okay, okay, good stuff. If If patients want to know, who to go of course big a big factor in all of this is also who you're going to is that is would you say that's accurate for HUD? yeah of course right so how does how should a patient know who should they go for who should they go to in order to get the best result for example in this in any procedure that is whether it be and right now we're talking mostly like these non-invasive ones but you can also talk about the the, you know, the tummy tucks and the lipos and the rhinoplasty and the breast augmentation and all that stuff. How, what is, what indicators are there for someone who has no idea what they're getting into? They're starting out. It's their face. It's, you know, it's a big thing that they're trusting someone with. How, how can they know for sure or like have a good idea of what, you know, what to expect? Yeah. So in the doctor's office. Yeah. You know, the world of medicine is um, it's kind of open, meaning that anyone can claim expertise or authority in any field. 
um, mm-hmm. as long as they advertise themselves. So, okay. um, I would say the, the bare minimum you want to look for is make sure that someone is board certified in, okay. in the appropriate field. Um, okay. so, you know, if, how can they do that? Well, you can, um, you can look them up. Um, oftentimes if someone is board certified, it will be on their website already. Um, or you can go to the American board of dermatology or the American board of plastic surgery website and look up, okay. your, look up your provider and make sure that, um, that that person is board certified. Um, okay. in general, that's a good measuring stick because you know that that person had specific training in, that, mm-hmm. in those procedures. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, someone can just do a weekend course, for example, and say that they're they're trained or or you know hang a shingle and just say, hey, I do Botox, I do filler. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, so, and that's such a, such a thing that you know it's it's you see, and no, not to knock off knock on other people or like other professions, but it's very common with med spas or other you know small where literally I've I've heard of people running uh, like a spa med spa aesthetic clinic out out of their basement and administering filler right and right and it's, it's crazy it, it's not to say that um you know that there are not some people who are good who are not yeah. board certified but i would say oh, if, not you, at all. if you're new to it um yeah. if you're new to getting a procedure done then the best way to make sure that you're gonna have the closest thing to a good result or that, you know, should there be some complication that you're with someone who's able to handle it is to see yeah. someone who's board certified. Oftentimes, you know, uh, you know, a hole in the wall or a basement, you know, med spa type of situation, they may have a good result 60, 70% of the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, their bad results, they can't manage the complication and then they have to send it to someone who actually knows what they're doing. Um so you know too you, much too much to gamble here. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be too stuck in that gamble. situation. Yeah, you might as well just start out with someone who and and there might be a small premium in terms of price. It might be a little more expensive to see someone who's board certified, but yeah. you're, you're getting value in that. You know, there's a reason that you know you're paying for the doctor's time and 100%. for their expertise. Yeah. All right, guys. So there you have it. We're running short on time here, so we're gonna wrap this one up. What do you think, Dr. Ria? Should we wrap this one up? Yeah, I think so. I think... Um, We've covered uh, quite a bit. Yeah. I th- I, you know, maybe next time we can talk about lasers. All right. We're going to talk about lasers in the next episode. What kind of laser procedures are out there? What kind of results to expect? What are the costs associated with them? And what kind... Um, and what, what are the results that you can expect? Sounds good, Dr. Riaz? Anything great. you want to add on here? No, thanks for tuning in. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Have a good one. And once again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there.